Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy, and it's just me today. I am on my own as Corwin has not yet been activated off of the IL, although he's uh, nearing a return to podcast activities, and uh, no substitute hosts were able to be found in time for recording, so it's just going to be... A solo episode from yours truly today, and we're going to keep it a little bit short as, uh, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. But anyway, today's topic, uh, I thought fitting in Corwin's absence and fitting of the day as I'm recording this on August 18th, so the day before it releases, our topic today is going to be Roberto Clemente. And uh, today is a fitting topic for Roberto Clemente. As it is his birthday. Today, Roberto Clemente would have been the ripe old age of 85. Uh, For anyone unaware of who this man was, I'm shocked you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) Um, He he is a very, very renowned figure in the world of sports. uh, Baseball especially, but sports as a whole and the Latin American community as well. Roberto Clemente can be thought of as like a Hispanic Jackie Robinson in a a couple of different ways, and uh, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. So first off, just some background on who he was as a person. Roberto Clemente, born August 18th, Jesus, 1934. He was born in Barrio San Anton uh, in Carolina, Puerto Rico. Um. He was a right fielder who played his entire career for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And just to give an example of what kind of baseball player he was before we get into anything else, because that is, uh, you know, nine times out of ten what we end up talking about here on the show. He played for 18 seasons with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He won MVP once. He finished in the top five uh, three other times. He was a 12-time Gold Glove winner, a 15-time All-Star, four batting titles, two World Series, uh, a World Series MVP, and is a member of the Hall of Fame. He is number, his number 21 is, I mean, just one of the most famous numbers of all time. And if the MLB was to ever retire a second number universally after Jackie, it very likely would end up being 21. Just to give you uh, a, uh, an example of, of how big of an impact this man had on the world as a whole. And in particular, the world of baseball. He accumulated over the course of his career nineteen point sorry ninety four point five wins above replacement. Uh, he had recorded three thousand hits on the money, two hundred and forty home runs, a lifetime batting average of three seventeen, an OPS plus lifetime of uh, one thirty. He led the league in batting average, obviously, four times. He led the league in the hits twice. He led uh, in triples once. He led in uh, (laughs) intentional walks once. Oh, man. Uh, He was, by all accounts, throughout basically the entirety of his career, one of the best ballplayers of damn near every season he ever played. The year, uh, his final season in Major League Baseball, his age 37 season in 1972, he was an all-star. He finished 13th in MVP. He won a gold glove. 
and he batted 312 as a 37-year-old man. He was a ridiculously good baseball player. So, obviously, there's been a lot of great ball players that come through uh, the MLB, that that come through the the sporting universe as a whole that we catch glimpses of. You know, there there's people who who vastly outrank Roberto Clemente in terms of things like career WAR, high batting averages, all all of these these things that we that we tend to look at from a purely statistical um, standpoint. So why is Roberto Clemente considered to be such an iconic figure in baseball? And it's, again, along the same lines, kind of, as Jackie Robinson. Jackie was a great ball player. Jackie was a great ball player. By all accounts, uh, you could fairly argue that Roberto might even be better as strictly a ball player. But a lot of their, their fame and their contribution to the sport comes outside uh, it, it comes from places outside of, of their, their actual playing capacity. So among the reasons that Roberto was such an influential figure is that he was a dark-skinned Hispanic man playing baseball at its highest level for a historic franchise. Because the, the Pirates we think of today is not what the Pirates were in the 50s, 60s, and 70s when, when, when Clemente was there. No, back then they were still a perennial World Series threat. They, you know, they're, they're the team that played in like the first ever World Series. They, they're a historic franchise by every single accord. And for him to be playing, they, like they, they were, they were right there with like it's the Yankees, it's the Dodgers, it's the Giants, it's the Red Sox, it's the Pirates, it's the Reds. Like they're one of those original teams. So he was there killing the National League, which at this point in time is far and away the more competitive league over the American League since the National League took to integration much sooner than than um, the American League did, which actually, funny enough, is how uh, if, if, if you had to guess what team Roberto was signed by initially, it wasn't actually the Pirates. It was, of all teams, the Dodgers. Funny enough. But so here you have the, this, this dark-skinned Hispanic man tearing it up and being just all around the perfect human being not only was this man such a phenomenal ball player where he is I mean, by far the best player on the team damn near every single season he played but he, he he also got to exemplify what it meant to be a human being there's a reason that the uh the 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 uh, like the Man of the Year award in the MLB is named after Roberto Clemente. He was such an upstanding person. His off the field contributions were so legendary that, if for anyone unaware, which again, I, I, it seems almost silly to say because it feels such as to be such a commonplace fact in the world of uh, of baseball interested people. Roberto Clemente uh, passed away at a very young age. He died right after his 1972 season. Uh, he died on on New Year's Eve, December thirty first, nineteen seventy two. He was thirty eight years old. What had happened was uh, there was a a massive earthquake that affected the uh, Nicaragua. Uh, I forget exactly where, but regardless, it had affected Nicaragua, and Roberto Clemente uh, maintained a very strong presence in Latin America, despite the fact that. He was not from Nicaragua. He was from, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Puerto Rico. And 
what he he really wanted to to make an impact as as, as quickly and as best as he could uh, in an attempt to bring relief to those who had been affected by the earthquake. And you know, in today we we we. We see the destruction of earthquakes. We see how long it takes. We see what natural disasters do to countries. And it's, I mean, the the amount of time, the sheer amount of time and effort and infrastructure that it takes to bring relief to these countries today is staggering. And you can only imagine how much more difficult it was uh, back at this time. I mean, not even like... Um, for lack of a better word, poorer countries like you'd find in Latin America, but even when we had Louisiana get affected by Hurricane Katrina in the early aughts, I mean, that it, it, it's devastating. It takes a very so Roberto didn't want to see people that he had um, considered family to him or con, uh, considered uh, uh, kin to his own in some capacity uh, be without some type of relief and care for so long. So he very, very quickly, as best as he could, uh, get to work to try to make that situation as improved as he could make it um the earthquake hit on december 23rd and he died eight days after that in an attempt to bring relief aid to them so he what he ended up doing was he sent uh three different flights with with uh aid packages and and, uh in an attempt to like i said bring some relief to this country and apparently all three had been diverted. All three flights that were supposed to bring uh, packages for the people being affected by this earthquake had been diverted by a corrupt government that had, that had taken, that at that point had been controlling um, Nicaragua. So Roberto obviously is not happy with this. So his mindset is like, all right, we're going to send another plane with more packages, and this time I'm going to go... Because if they see me on the plane, then they're going to be like, all right, we have to, you know, they're not going to be dishonest anymore. You know, they can't fucking uh, say that, like, they, you know, they, they didn't get it or whatever because, like, I'm Roberto fuck, fucking Clemente, you know? Like, I am obvious, I'm here, I'm the most famous fucking Hispanic man in the entire goddamn United States. Like, they, they're they going to have to acknowledge the fact that they got this fucking shit and go to the, make it go to the right fucking place. So it gets on the plane, and this is a... A Douglas DC-7 cargo plane, which apparently at the time was considered a very uh, risky plane to even be on. That specific model of plane because it had a lot of mechanical issues uh, and a long history of mechanical issues. And Roberto, I I, I assume, at least from from the details that I've heard as well as interviews that I've heard, was just in such a rush to try to... In his mind, there was this urgency. He needed to get these things to the people of Nicaragua that he he, he just took the plane regardless of, of this history of problems and even overloaded it by a whopping 4,200 pounds over its maximum capacity in an attempt to just bring as much stuff, as much aid, as much relief as he could as possible, especially since the three previous flights had all been diverted. So he had a charter to go out on December 31st of 1972. And actually, of all people, Tom Walker, who was a pitcher for the Montreal Expos, um, who had, was actually playing winter ball in Puerto Rico at the time, in a league that's now named after Roberto Clemente, uh, helped Roberto load the planes. And 
was going to go on the flight with him. And Roberto said, no, 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 like, you know, you stay here. Like, I got this. No big deal. Um, Tom Walker might not be such a famous name because, uh, I mean, you know, pitchers come and go. And, and it, it's, it's, you know, baseball player. I should say baseball players come and go. But his his son, at any rate, is still actually playing in the league right now. Neil Walker, who's currently on the Marlins, but last season was with the Yankees, and before that with the with the Mets, and before that with the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was actually kind of a uh, something of a big deal that he got to play with that franchise. But anyway, so so uh, Roberto Clemente told Tom Walker, like, "Don't worry about it. Like, I got this. We're going to go." And apparently, so soon after his flight took off, Roberto Clemente's plane. Uh, engine failed and it 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 just it it crashed and they ended up recovering a lot of uh artifacts of the people on the plane later uh within the next couple of days now i understand that's very sad um and my goal is not to depress everybody what the real point of this is to say is that roberto clemente was an amazing human being an amazing, amazing human being. And he did so in the face of a lot of adversity. Um, and what he also did was he gave such an important face to a people who, without whom today, I'm not sure baseball would really fucking matter as much. Can you imagine a world of baseball today without the backing of the Hispanic people that it has now? Can you imagine baseball today without the faces of baseball such as Felix Hernandez and uh, um, Adrian Beltre, who I know, you know he just retired and King Felix is on his way out. But regardless, the young guys, Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr., Vlad Guerrero Sr., I, I, I have a hard time believing... And I'm sure you know that there would be Hispanic ball players in baseball, regardless. But baseball, um, if you, we really want to get back into it, the Negro Leagues did uh, an enormous job of bringing uh, baseball to Latin American countries and making it as popular as it was to the point where someone like Roberto would even be considered for major league talent. But it, it giving those people such. Uh, awe-inspiring person to aspire to really can't be spoken to enough. It really can't be. I He really opened up so many doors to the people that are really the heart and soul of the game now. As much as it is... Um, as much as baseball is is a universal sport, you have Max Kepler now who's representing European players. We have a bunch of Japanese players, Yusei Kikuchi being one of the most recent, Shohei Otani, Masahiro Tanaka. We have Korean-born players in the league. Um, as, so as, as, as much as it is a universal sport, I, I, it is, I think, first and foremost an American sport, but second most, I mean, it is a Latin American and Hispanic sport. It, it, it brings a lot of pride to those people and communities, and I think a very large part of that is owed to one of the greatest men to ever don a uniform, Roberto Clemente. Uh, a brilliant ball player and a wonderful human being, and so I wanted to just give us a little bit of time to remember the life and times of Roberto Clemente, and in doing so, I wanted to just take a brief moment to read um, his what 
his is uh, what his plaque says in his uh, on his Hall of Fame plaque, as it's usually just such lovely stuff. The the Hall of Fame does a phenomenal job at capturing the essence of who the players they are enshrining. So I will read that for you now. I know this is available online. I'm very aware that all of you could just go ahead and Google this. Doesn't matter. We're here to remember Roberto. So here we go. He played a kind of baseball that none of us had ever seen before, as if it were a form of punishment for everyone else on the field. That's a quote from Roger Angel. The number he assembled over 18 big league seasons tell the story of a complete ball player. The story of Roberto Clemente, however, goes beyond mere numbers. Born on August 18, 1934, in Carolina, Puerto Rico, Clemente excelled in athletics as a youngster, and at the age of 17 was playing for the Santurce Crabbers of the Puerto Rican Baseball League. The Dodgers signed him the following year, and in 1954 he was playing for their Triple-A team in Montreal, the same Triple-A team, I might add as an interjection, that Jackie Robinson played for. Quote, well, I said to myself, there's a boy who can do two things as well as any man who ever lived, said Dodgers scout Clyde Sukforth. I never have to say that name out loud. Jesus, Clyde Sukforth. Quote, nobody could throw any better than that, and nobody could run any better than that. Following the 1954 season, however, the Dodgers tried to sell, sorry, tried to slip Clemente through the offseason without putting him on the big league roster. He was taken by the Pirates in the Rule 5 draft for $4,000. So for anyone who doesn't know what the Rule 5 draft is, it's actually, I think, one of the one of the funnest, quirkiest parts of roster management for the MLB. Um, if, you have a, if you have a player who's not on your 40-man roster, which is a lot of players uh, in, in, any, in, in, in any given big league uh, organization, all players who are not on your 40-man roster are eligible for what's called this Rule 5 draft, which allows other ball clubs to kind of take them from you, with the idea being that they don't want any players to be, like, so logjammed and stagnant that, like, one team can just have 200 of these ball players who might be able to be on a 40-man somewhere else. So it's a, it's an attempt to keep the game competitive on the lower levels, and uh, it's good for younger players uh, because they get to possibly go to a team that has a more, more of a need for it. And it's uh, good for teams that are trying to stack up their farm system a little bit because it gives them just a few more avenues to do it. And usually it's a pretty inoffensive way of uh, of doing so, seeing as it's a player who's not already on a, uh, a 40-man roster. So it, it's... It's it's I think one of the one of the cleverest ideas that that MLB's ever had. Anyway, Clemente worked to find his stride during the next five seasons, battling injuries and a language barrier in a country where he was a citizen but had no home. In 1960, the Pirates and Clemente came of age as the limber right fielder batted 3.12 with a team high 94 RBI to lead the Pirates to the World Series in the Fall Classic. Clemente it. 310 to help the Pirates defeat the Yankees in seven games, spawning one of the, another injection for me, one of the greatest pictures uh, of all time of uh, the of Pirates fans watching from the uh, top of the cathedral. During the next seven years, Clemente won four National League batting titles in the 1966 NL MVP award and began a string of 12 straight gold glove award seasons in right field. 
1971, the 37-year-old Clemente led the Pirates back to the World Series, where Clemente hit 414 to power Pittsburgh to another world title en route to the series MVP award. Clemente recorded his 3,000th hit late in the 1972 season, becoming just the 11th player to reach the milestone. Clemente and the Pirates won the NL East that year, but lost to the Reds in five games in the National League Championship Series. On December 31st, 1972, uh, Clemente boarded a small plane en route from Puerto Rico to Nicaragua to assist the relief earthquake relief. The heavily loaded plane crashed just off the coast of Puerto Rico of the sorry. I'm going to repeat it. The heavily loaded plane crashed just off the Puerto Rican coast and Clemente's body was never recovered. He was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1973 in a special election that waived the mandatory five-year waiting period. Quote, baseball survives because guys like Clemente still play it, wrote columnist Jim Cannon of the New York Journal American. And uh, that is what is uh, here in his in his uh, Hall of Fame website. I mean, on his actual plaque, Roberto Clemente Walker, Pittsburgh National League, nineteen fifty five to nineteen seventy two, member of exclusive three thousand hit club, led National League in batting four times, had four seasons with two hundred or more hits, while posting a lifetime three seventeen average and two hundred forty home runs. Won Most Valuable Player Award in 1966. Rifle-armed defenseman. Sorry, defensive star. Set NL mark by pacing outfielders in assist five years. Uh, batted 362 in two World Series, hitting in all 14 games. A titan of the sport. A legend in baseball. And this is our... Uh, our tribute to you on on here on his birthday. So here is to Roberto Clemente. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one.